Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League Podcast, sponsored as always by Workforce Dimensions Limited, who are, among other things, people analytics specialists. I am the D-Mob happy John Phipps and on the line now is a man who absolutely texted a football manager last week after realising he'd lost a load of radio kit. Have you been reunited with it now, Matt Gerrard? Yeah, I have been reunited with it. So Bromley Football Club, in, in John and I have off air a list of football clubs we like and don't like. Majority of the don't likes are not in Kent, so we're not slagging any of our teams off here. But Bromley have gone high up, so thanks to Matt at Bromley Football Club for sorting my kit out, because when I realised I'd left half of it on Saturday at Bromley, and I did text the said manager, Neil Smith, saying, because I knew he didn't have a game, and I'm sure I'm sure Neil said, yeah, it's sorted out, but I didn't get a reply, and maybe that was just a bit sad at 10 to 2 texting Neil saying, have you seen my kit, please? <laughs> Well, I'm sure he also has more important things to do than worry about your, your yeah, microphone. Exactly. Well, he might have been. He didn't, I wouldn't have texted him if he had a game on, because he would have been fought with players. I thought, oh, they're not playing. I'll text him. So uh, he may have not deleted the test and thought, what a bell end that bloke is for leaving his stuff behind, but you better bleep that out. Um, no, I'll believe he, that either. That's fine. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm really, really nice with my kit, so... Which was very pleasing, but I wasn't... A 10-2, I was not very happy with myself. So, But we managed to put the commentary out... Anyway, which is the most important thing, yeah, but it wasn't wasn't my greatest of thinking, oh, God, I'm going to have to go to Bromley. Not that I don't like going to Bromley but before Saturday, but they've set it back, so maximum respect for Matt at Bromley and hope they can beat Barrow at the weekend because he's such a nice bloke. Indeed. Uh, weather's been poxy this week, hasn't it? Well, I just say, when I was at Tunbridge Wells on um, Monday, that, that my car was swaying to and fro, so um, with the wind, it was pretty... Luckily, none of our fence came down last night, but it was... It's sort of, it was bizarre because it was it blow a hoolie for about 10 minutes and it will stop. Then about 25 minutes later, it did it again from there. But not great. But where you're going, John, bringing you up, it will be a lot better than it will be here. Well, the, do you know what? Funny enough, the sun has actually just creeped out uh, here in Eastbourne on the Sunshine Coast. But yes, uh, tomorrow I am jetting off uh, to Gran Canaria for a week. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to, you know big myself up too much but I had seven months where I didn't have a day off in the summer so this is my holiday time obviously I've got to go a little bit further because of the, the fact that it's cold and everything so we'll have a nice relaxing week in Gran Canaria flying out tomorrow it's going to be absolutely lovely got my mum and dad coming down to Catsit my mum is on the way I don't know if people remember or not the last time my mum was on the way down on a Wednesday she phoned in the middle of the show so she's got strict instructions not to call between one and two so we'll see uh, if she manages to do that but uh, yeah thanks to them for cat sitting but to be honest with you I cannot wait to be so sat there at? 22 23 something like that nice. yeah I'm gonna be sat there by the pool listening to uh, music, reading books, it's going to be lovely. I've got a few books t- tucked away. I've, I've still got to read Dave Roberts' book about the ro- long road to Wembley. Uh, that is in my flight bag, so I'll be reading that tomorrow, I'd imagine. Oh, it's got a very good book, very good book. Yeah, looking forward to it. Also, the other dramatic things happening in our week this, this week is our radio show was uh, cut short on Monday by the fire alarm, which was uh, quite dramatic, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it was, uh, well, I listened back. I don't normally listen back to it, but I listened back to the two minutes, and uh, I was waffling on about... Andy Hissenthaler, and it came up, and I said, oh, there's a fire alarm, but you stood in and put a lady in interview, and next thing you know, there's a bit of music after it, so uh, listen to the first 52 minutes, but after that, you won't get much out of it, so, um, well, some people might say, listen to the last eight minutes, rather than the opening 52. I was going to say, finally, the quality control is coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
it's our 107th episode this week, uh, and as I managed to overlook that bit of the script last week, I'm going to tell you that it, like the 106, uh, is a model of car by Peugeot. Uh, it is also the emergency number in Argentina and strangely just Cape Town, as well as the number for the police in Hungary. Uh, not quite as easy to remember as our number, is it? 999. <laughs> But if well, you are, South Africa is probably good. I've never been to South Africa, but people say it's very, very, um, you know, you've got to be careful out there. So that may be in the back of my mind if I ever go to South Africa, which is highly unlikely. Well, exactly. And if you are going to Hungary, Argentina or Cape Town this week, then you can thank us later for that nugget yeah. of information that's going to help you out uh, along the way. Is that down? No, it's not even down the thing, the side, is it? No. Interesting. No, that's 147, which is like the snooker. I can't wait for 147. We're going to be talking for ages <laughs> about snooker. Um, anyway, we are going to move on quite quickly today because uh, we're, we're a bit late starting than we normally are. So, uh, unfortunately, Drivel fans, the Drivel section is, is about half the length it normally is because uh, we've got a lot of football to talk about. And there is only one place that we can start this week's show, and it's where we started last week's. The FA Vars, the game between Chatham and Corinthians, turned into a memorable one. It was the visitors who progressed after extra time. That doesn't even tell half the story, though, as Chatham goalkeeper Dan Ellis played around 100 minutes of the tie with what was later diagnosed as a fractured tibia and ligament damage. And we spoke to him on BBC Radio Kent on Monday night about that. And it's definitely worth digging out if you haven't heard it before the fire alarm came in. Uh, but while for the chats with disappointment, delight for Corinthian and their manager Michael Golding. So I spoke to him for his reaction to the tie and the draw, which is pitted his side against Sporting Kelsa. So here he is, the Corinthian boss Michael Golding. Yeah, absolutely delighted, to be honest. I thought we deserved it. Um, I thought we were the better side on the day. Um, but yeah, obviously, when you get to the last 32 and even now the last 16, all, all the sides are good. And obviously, we know a little bit about Chatham. Chatham know a little bit about us. So it was always going to be, not fiery, but it was always going to be an intense derby type atmosphere. Uh, and, that, and that's how it played out. And um, it, obviously, it went to extra time and, and your boys just, just had it enough in the tank to keep going and, and get the win. Yeah, I felt on, so the wind, uh, as we know, was very, very strong on Saturday and, and maybe Chatham didn't use it to their advantage in the first half and second half they were penned in. Um, we obviously missed a penalty, which Dan's getting um, a lot of praise for at the moment, obviously, with, with his injury. Um, but I just felt in the second half performance, we, we were on top, we dominated, they struggled to get out and they scored pretty much against the run of play, which was bitterly disappointing. And our recent run of games against Chatham, we've struggled to beat them. So you always fear the worst with 20 minutes to go. But but full credit to the boys. And even when we got the penalty straight after, we fancied that we'd go on and win the game. And for me, there was only one, there was only going to be one winner when we... Um, when we got that equaliser and I thought I said to Sam my assistant that it was coming I didn't think we'd make extra time um, but again even in extra time I don't feel that Chatham used the weather as well as they could have um, and then the last 10 minutes after we scored again we, we played it out relatively comfortably they had a couple of crosses towards the end last minute or so um, but we never felt under any sustained pressure which was made perhaps surprising. And, and you mentioned the conditions there, and, and I saw a couple of comments from people saying that you went pretty direct, especially after the injury to Dan. Was, was that out of necessity, or was that the way you like to play anyway? No, we, we try and play ball. We try and play football, but I think ultimately we try and find ways to win. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say we're direct, and, and there's videos of the goals now, and um, the penalty, the second penalty was a, a ball over the top, and Connor Johnson's had a great touch and been brought down in the area. Um and again, the winning goal in, in extra time, the, ball, the ball's been played into the box and Luke Tanner's had a lovely little touch as a cutback for Oscar and he's got his second. So I, I don't think the, the direct, uh, we're, we're not a, 
a Hollands and Blair that just smashed the ball long and wants to go really, really long over and over again and has all big six foot three, six foot four guys. We're not that. Um, and I think anyone that watches us and yeah, we don't pass it out from the back every single time. And um, like I say, we find ways to win. And on the time, I don't think we, we put the ball on Dan Ennis a great deal. It wasn't that we loaded him with crosses and we were running into him over and over again and, and trying to make him catch it. Um, but like I say, we maybe when when we realised he couldn't move off the line as much as what we thought we could, um, the ball certainly went into the area a little bit more. But again, I don't think it was a, a direct performance by any stretch. And you've mentioned him a couple of times there, but Dan Ellis, what what, what a heroic performance from him! And I know you want to send your best wishes to him. Yeah, no, I spoke to, I know Barfi called him and, I, and I've texted Dan a couple of times and obviously the club wish um, send him all their best and, and yeah, it was very heroic to play on. We wasn't quite sure what it was at the time. We knew obviously he had an injury and his and his movement was limited. Um, so yeah, I think naturally we all wish that he's, his recovery goes very smoothly and, and he's back playing. Um, I heard the show on Monday and just pleasing that it doesn't impact his work more than anything. I think that's what we have to appreciate at this level is that yes, we want to win games of football and yes, there's these so-called rivalries but at the end of the day, everyone's got work on Monday and, and just thankful that it's not impacted his work. Um, I think it's possibly slightly overshadowed how good we were on the day, if I'm being completely honest, if I can be selfish for Corinthian. Um, I thought the boys were absolutely tremendous um, and they carried out the game plan excellently. But yeah, like I say, we, we hope that Dan gets well soon and he's back playing before the end of the season. Uh, last 16 now for you, Sporting Calso of the Midland Premier League. Looking at their, their form in the last couple of years, very similar to you really, that they've been there or thereabouts in the league and they've just got a, a and, and they've had a good run in the Vars before, but you'll be confident because you're in such great form. Yeah, I think when you look at what we've done, we've won 11 of the, well, we've won 11 in a row and 17 of the last 18 or something like that now. Um, so yeah, the, boy, the boys are full of confidence and I think, I, I said it the other day, that the most important thing for us was that home draw. Um, as a manager, all the players wanted someone West Auckland, maybe a, a night out in Newcastle. Um, but for me, it was it was having that home draw um, because we fancy anyone at home and it would be tough and, and there's no denying that they're a good side, but there's everyone's a good side at this stage of the competition um so it'll be on the day we'll do our we'll do our research on them we'll do our prep um and but yeah we're, we're confident it's like i say anyone at home we, we fancy our chances i suppose for you on saturday the other nice thing was probably coming off and seeing that uh, beckenham and sheppey had drawn as well which is, is going to help your your bid to maybe get up the top of the league yeah, it was a pretty good pace, to be honest. Obviously, we got the win. Beckenham and Sheppey drew. Um, Pundar beat Tunbridge. Um, I think the only result that probably went against us properly was uh, Hollands and Blair winning at Fisher. Um, but yeah, as Saturdays go in the scaffold and the Vars, it was, it was probably as good as what we could expect. Uh, this weekend, you're in the Kent Senior uh, Trophy action. Where does that rank in your priorities? I know you've got Kennington at home. We're going to hear from the Kent manager later in the show. Um, but he's expecting a really tough test. And, and I guess you, you'll still be out there trying to win the game. Absolutely. Um, been asked this question a few times since we've got into the last 16 is uh, where did the Scaffold Cup and the, the Kent Cup rate on our priorities and um, winning breeds success and, and we want to win and we've, we've got a large squad. We're carrying a squad of maybe 20, 21 players at the moment. So we will rotate. We have done for every round so far. Um, the game last night against Year of Town was called off from the Waterlog pitch, which was frustrating because the boys were desperate to play. But again, we, we had eight changes from the team on Saturday, partly out of necessity after playing 120 minutes, but partly because the squad's strong. Um, 
again, we want to win the game. There's there's no divine right to go and win. And we've had Kennington Watts, and I've gone and watched them myself personally. And they're a good side, and they're at the top of their league. So they'll be coming in full of confidence. I think they've won eight out of nine or nine out of ten. Um, so I'm expecting a really tough game. I think it'll be a really good game of football. They've, they've got quite a distinctive style of play. Um, but again, we're in good form. And yeah, I mean, ultimately, we got to a cup final last year and lost. We've, we lost the league by a point. And we've said all along, we want to go better than that. So whether it's winning the Kent Cup or the Scaffold Cup, we want to win a cup competition this year. So the cup, you don't feel the cups could impact your league? You see them as a help rather than a hindrance? Yeah, I think so. I think, like I say, it's that confidence. Um, the only concern probably looking further down the line is that if there's a fixture backlog, obviously the weather's not helping at the moment. We've now got um, three league fixtures to try and schedule back in. Obviously, we lose the Tunbridge Wells away game due to the VARs. Um, we've also got to try and fit in Wellington and Chatham that were called off before Christmas, now the year of town game. So, fixture congestion, the last thing we really want is to be playing three times a week. But if we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, when, like I say, when you're winning, the boys just want to keep playing games. Um, and it's only going to help us. And it keeps, we've got, like I say, we've got that bigger squad. So it keeps the squad fresh. We can rotate slightly. Um, worst thing we want is to go out of the Vars, out of the Kent Cup, out of the Scaffold Cup and drop away in the league. And, th and then we're playing the last two months of the season for nothing. Um, so, yeah, the, the longer in competitions, it keeps the intensity in training. It keeps the boys interested. It keeps the, the morale up in the squad. So we certainly won't be favouring any competition over another. We'll be, we'll be playing each game as it comes and respecting each game and each competition, each each set of opposition um, and absolutely trying our best to, to win what we can this season. Um, I always enjoy speaking to Michael Golden, uh, Matt. I was, in fact, I was only speaking to him about 20 minutes before I'm speaking to you. He uh, speaks well and, you know, obviously disappointed for Chatham and especially Dan Ellis, but pleased for him and Corinthian. I think it was a, it sounds like a great game to be at, that one. I know that he mentioned about the, the windy conditions probably played a part in the game as well. It'd be interesting, and of course, he mentioned there Dan Ellis's injury. Um, of course, well, I said on, on Monday as well. You know, you've got to exploit that. I know football's a sport, but if you can spot a weakness in your, in your opposition, even though Dan was clearly not really a weakness over the penalty, etc., um, you've got to do it. And, and, they've, and they've done that. Again, he wasn't. We were told they were bombing the ball forward. He's sort of denied that. But I think you've got a way to win, and they did it that way, and they're through to the next round. And I'm sure it puts down a marker for the league as well a little bit there, I think. Uh, can they go on and win the league? Chatham will be bitterly disappointed. We will never know if the goalkeeper would feed the fit, if will Chatham have gone on to win. According to Michael, they wouldn't have done. But fair play to them. And I like the way that there has to be, you've got to, at the end of the day, you want to win football matches. And he's, whatever way he's done it, they've done it in the next round. And not home time in the next round as well. I think that it's been a really good week for him. Yeah, exactly. What have you been a, a big Chris Kinnear fan? You're you're a big fan of uh, win the game any way you can, and uh, you know that's. Uh, what, this that's is what they People say that, but uh, I remember going to Bogner years ago, watching Wellens Radio Ken. We were down there, and I was speaking to the Bogner chairman. Me and my dad went down, and basically he, he said, "Oh, you know, we're quite happy. We, if we win, we win. We lose, we lose." And I, I couldn't sort of take that in. At the end of the day, football is about winning. And if you have to hit it long or change your tactics to do it, I'm fully aware of that. At the end of the day, you want your team to win. However they do it, you want them to win. So, and I'm with that. And Chris Kinnear, it was successful, John. Very, very successful. And um, Sir Chris Kinnear did a job at Dover. You know, it might, be, might have been pretty, but you look at the record of what he's got. You won't find a better manager in, in Kent non-league circles than Chris Kinnear. And I think 
the way to win is the way forward. Yeah, Sporting Calsa are the opposition uh, for Corinthian in the in the last sixteen. Um, they are second in the Midland Premier League. They they came close uh, to promotion last year, a little bit like Corinthian. Uh, they had a good run in the Vars uh, two or three years ago as well. Did they play one of them? Are they ring a bell? Did they play somebody who then well played at Kent side? That, I'm sure it rings a bell. I don't know off the top of my head. But it rings a bell, the name anyway. So maybe um, something's been linked from that. But they're at home, which is the most important thing. Uh, as he says in there, when, we, when you look at deal, we'll discuss in a minute, you know, going to concert is a, is a, is a trek, but it will be a great day out if they can get through against Binford on the replay on Saturday. Yeah, but anyway, that would be a, an interesting challenge uh, for Corinthian. The game is on February the 8th, uh, so a couple of weeks away, and we'll look forward to, to seeing how that one pans out, won't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, last last 16 now, isn't it? So they're at home, probably favourites. As you mentioned there, wasn't it? they've won 17 out of the last 18 games, 11 games on the spin. They know how to win football matches, so as they've done over the last 18 months or so. So I, I would have thought Sporting Cazala will look at that record, even though they're doing quite well. And be a little bit concerned. Yeah, elsewhere in the Vars, deal turn and a replay after their game with Binfield finished 1-1 after extra time. They will head to Berkshire on Saturday and the winners have a long old trek waiting for them as they will travel to concerts, a 704-mile round trip from the Charles ground. And Michael Golding said they're a, a night in, out in Newcastle. I'd imagine that either Binfield or Deal Town will be planning that. And Deal will be probably frustrated that they let a lead slip on Saturday, Matt. Yeah, with that, we knew how um, Steve Steve King was going to said it was a big game for the club. They wanted to do it on the day. They've got a second bite of the cherry, so you can look at it. Well, I, again, I'd love to get know somebody from Deal if they do get through, which we're really really hoping. Do they make any money? Does does somebody help them out, as in the FA of going to concert? Because that is you know the long one of the longest trips probably in, in English football. You can probably get there seven hundred and four mile round trip. Are they helped out in any way? Because the Vars, we know the money's not particularly great in the competition, but will it cost Deal to go there? Hopefully, we'll, maybe we'll find out if they get through on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. It was the end of the line for Glebe on Saturday, though, as they were beaten 3-0 at the tournament's favourite Stowmarket Town. Now, a friend of the show, Daniel Story, was the attendance in Suffolk on Saturday, and he told me that we are not to be fooled by that scoreline. He said Glebe were excellent throughout we're unlucky to be behind at half-time. Had some good chances after the break and hit the crossbar at 2-0 and added that they did themselves and the scaffold proud. We knew it was going to be a tough game for Glebe, uh, but by all accounts, they gave a really, really good account of themselves. Yeah, we always thought it was going to be difficult against Stomach. Stomach, you mentioned, were the favourites for the competition. Um, Gary Alexander knows what his players can do. I think they'll use this to to their advantage and maybe try and move up the league a little bit more. But yeah, fair play to them. They've done well to get to the last 32 of the competition. I'm sure at the start of the season, if you'd offered them that, they'd have taken it. We'll stick with FA organised competitions now and head over to the trophy where Ebb Street United managed something Doe Athletic couldn't do and knocked out Kings Lynn to book their spot in the last 16. David Gregory's arrived to play in goal for Fleet, Jermaine McGlashan in as well, and they'll be hoping that win will give them confidence for their battle at the foot of the table. But in the next round, they've got Royston Town at home, a side who've had a fairy tale run in this competition so far. The Southern League Premier Division Central side, so same level as Margate, Folks and Cray, uh, beat Brighton Sea Regent first, and they smashed seven past Haywards Heath Town for a 3-2 win away at National League South leaders Wealdstone, a 2-0 home win over National League Boreham Wood, and then on Saturday, a 3-0 win over Chester City. That's not a bad run at all, and Ebb Street will have to be very, very wary of that one, Matt. That is 
unbelievable run. Bournemouth are a decent side. Wildstone are, you know, top of the National League South, don't lose many games. Were they at home to Chester when they beat them 3-0? Uh, yes, they were, yeah. They, they, they seem a very strong outfit. So, uh, it's a tough one for Epstein. Epstein did well against Kings Lynn. Clean sheet, which I think they'd be really pleased about. Players now, Mecky can come in for this weekend as well. So, I think that was important after last week when they conceded seven. They had a clean sheet. They got a result. Now they've got to build on that. Don't worry about that cup competition for a few more weeks later, for a few weeks' time. But maybe that competition, some of the big boys are going out. I see Dorkin stomped um, 4-0 past Stockport last night at Stockport so could it be one of the, the smaller sides that go on and win the competition not saying Epstein a smaller side but some of the major National League sides could be uh, maybe not taking it too seriously and going out maybe a chance for Epsley if they can get past Royston maybe they've got a chance at Wembley but as I said before if you offer an Epsley fan another trip to Wembley or survival in the National League South, uh, National League what would they take? That's an interesting question. And Epsic United fans, still feel free to get in touch uh, with us on social media and let us know. Would you rather? Would you take a, a Wembley win and, and relegation? I, I certainly know it's a slightly different scale, but uh, a friend of mine is is the Wigan Athletic correspondent uh, for the Wigan Evening Post. And if you asked him if they would trade winning the FA Cup in 2013 for staying in the Premier League, they absolutely would not. 100%. Uh, but also, Epsic United... You mentioned there, John, gets it off my chair, not football related. Been listening to a lot of radio stations these days, um, uh, FM stations, and everybody says, get in touch with the socials. And it really winds me up. Socials this, socials that. So why don't they say social media like you did, John? So I'm bigging you up and slating everybody else who just says, get in touch with the socials. Maybe I'm just being old. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not that down with the kids, uh, as I say. But Epsweet United, Matt, a uh, couple of good signings there as well, especially David Gregory. David Gregory was excellent for Bromley in there. Run. I was quite surprised um, that he left at the end of last season. I brought Mark Cousins in, so maybe Neil Smith was always going to bring Mark Cousins in. But went to Bournemouth, had a good game against Dover in the, earlier in the season, and then Ashball's come in. I think he's been a bit unlucky, David Gregory, because he's a good goalkeeper at the standard. He was excellent in Bromley's trip to Wembley a couple of seasons ago. Did they need another goalkeeper? I don't know, because probably because the Australian guys out for a few for a few more games at the end of January. Clearly, Gregory's coming to be the number one because uh, he's proven at this level. So, yeah, good good signing. Mekki's a good signing. Um, so, yeah, got, got to follow it up now. Big game at the weekend. Make sure you get at least three points in the league to, to start looking up and, and you, you try and move away from that relegation zone. Yeah, there was just one game in the National League on Saturday where a late, late goal for Dover Athletic. Uh, Matt's boys a point against Hartlepool United and... And very, very frustrating striker hunt going on at Crabble at the moment. Yeah, uh, they're desperate for another striker. The lack of quality in the final third was all to see on, on Saturday. Yeah, the endeavour and the, you know, the, the trying, you can't grumble about. So, did they deserve a point? Probably, because the effort in the second half um, deserved it. Hartlepool, if they wanted to... After they got the first goal, try and get the second. I think it would have put David to bed. So I think they'll be a little bit disappointed with that point of view that they didn't try and do that. But yeah, we're just trying to get a striker in. Um, the guy, from, I'm led to believe that the Scottish deal, they're in for a striker from uh, Scotland. That's dead and buried. Premier League striker. Club are quite happy, but they're not. Um, the striker doesn't want to come down to this level. So 
Um, yes, but hopefully you never know, he might have somebody for the weekend. But only has to tell us, he's pretty confident he'd have somebody in for Notts County. But as it's half one on Wednesday, nothing's come through just yet. Yeah, this weekend, Ebb Street host Harrogate at home. Matt is on the train up to Nottingham as Dover face Notts County. Uh, while Bromley face a top-of-the-table clash at Barrow. Uh, the televised fixture kicking off at the not-at-all-stupid time of 5.20pm. The last train from Barrow to get you back to Bromley on Saturday leaves at 6.04pm. So I think you can work out when you'd have to leave to see that uh, to catch that train. Uh, if you want to stay for the rest yeah. of the game, the next time you can expect to be in Bromley via train is 10.26 on Sunday morning uh, with at 6 hours and 40 minutes overnight at Derby Station. Living the dream, as my co-host likes to say. Yeah, yeah, my, my, my good friend Matt Bromley, who sent my kit back, I said, to him, oh, you go up to Bromley, he said, yeah, go to Barrow, sorry. And he said, yeah, we're going up there, um, we're going to the train on the day, because there's no way of getting back. Neil Smith didn't want him sitting on a coach for seven hours coming back, so they're staying up Saturday night in Barrow, or equivalent, close to it, and then coming back to Sunday. So um, I don't know what Barrow's like on a Saturday night, because probably you're going to be out of the game for a while. You know, the game, we've got finished half seven, so another hour there, so... Yeah, I don't know. It, well, it, probably a good bonding session maybe in the evening, but yeah, probably coming back on the Sunday. All right, interesting that. And uh, Bromley have, have obviously been adding some players. I know you've said a couple of times that they're uh, very similar to the Ebb Street side of a couple of years ago. But Corey yeah. Whiteley coming in is, is, is always a, a, a dangerous player. And uh, Bromley just need a bit of a spark at the moment because they're, they're, they're in a bit of a lull, aren't they? Yeah, again, I said Dover should have really been in front at New Year's Day. Um, so taking their chance, could have been two or three up at half time. Got a bit of luck from there. But yeah, Rick Hackett Fairchild went. Whiteley's come in, good player, Whiteley. If you give him the ball, he'll cause absolute problems. So great signing. They brought Michael Chambers in. Didn't really work for him at Wrexham, but seen him play for Wellen, and he's a big centre half because they've lost. I take it Winfield, was, he went off injured against Dover. I haven't seen anything of that, but it looked a nasty injury we had before. So, And of course, um, they lost a guy, uh, Corey, through, uh, through retirement. So. What I like about probably not sitting on the logs, they're bringing players in and they can attract players. And I did see read somewhere that Louis Dennis is not in, in Orient's plans as well. And there was rumours Bromley would maybe try to bring him back. So, And we know what, what a good player he is. So I think they've been well backed, Neil Smith has now. In the, right, we're in the position, second half of the season, can we go and do it? Can we secure a playoff spot or even better? So I'm sure Neil Smith will be delighted with that. So, yeah, maybe Louis Dennis, I think he's maybe surplus of requirements that or in, will he end up in the National League anyway? Well, indeed. And that game uh, on Saturday is, is a tough one up at Barrow. Obviously, uh, it is televised, but I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest and say I'm not going to be going into any bars in Gran Canaria and saying any danger you can put the Bromley-Barrow game on. But a, a, a tough game against a side who are very, very good at home. Well, I think they've won the, um, the last three home games. I think they've scored 17 goals. 2 7 0 one's going to that one against Ebsley. Um, they seem to be the side... Everybody's saying they're going to go and win the division. They play some good football, but probably can go out there, be strong, be organised. And I'm a great, great believer. They're losing that. They're losing using their goals up, Barrow. Maybe probably can cause a bit of a shock. Yeah, internationally south now. Uh, Dartford have continued their excellent run of form. A three 0 win over Oxford City at Prince's Park, further cementing their spot in the playoff places. Everything just seems to be clicking for Dartford at the moment, Matt. Yeah, I saw my uh, guy who works here yesterday. Big uh, Dartford fan. He was wearing his Dartford jacket as well. So uh, uh, on that, and he said, "You know, he's like a godlike figure at the moment with the Dartford fans. He saw um, players coming to and fro. You know, two new signings came this week: Liam Nash, ex-Jules who scores goals at this level. 
Craig, Craig Barron Barrett, I've seen play for Dover, decent left back. So he's not resting his lives, bringing his players in. Results are going well, scoring goals. At the moment, you, you think they're going to get in the playoffs, especially after Maystone's result last night. I don't think Maystone's got game, results in ha- games in hand, but Dartford are on an absolute roll. Um, he's doing a great job, Steve King. Um, we, we doubted his appointment a little. Well, I doubted his appointment going forward. So he's, when we spoke to him, John, I think he said that they're looking for next season now. Do you think he's changed that and said, right, well, we're looking for this season? Yeah, I've heard a couple of interviews with him and uh, he's kind of playing it down a little bit, but he's just sort of saying, let's see where we can go. And at the moment, you know, there's always a team who comes good in the second half of the season. And, and at the moment, it's Dartford, isn't it? Yeah, again, they're blowing sides apart. Big game for this weekend, Slough. Slough, second place, third place in the division. They think they can make it on the 3G down there. Can Dartford go and do it? But he did it against Dawkins coming going two up, getting pegged back, then scoring a late winner. So everything working right. But speaking, as we said before, knows his level, knows a player uh, from that and going in the right direction. So you cannot grumble with it. And a respect to the Dartford board who probably could have got a, a safer bet than they've done previously, but they went outside uh, the comfort zone with Steve King because what are you going to get? And they're backing him and it's working out for them at the moment. Incidentally, I saw a car earlier on uh, leaving a, a supermarket in, in Eastbourne uh, which the number plate could easily mean that it was Steve King, but I couldn't quite see if it was the driver. It was a personalised number plate, uh, but I could not see if it was Steve King or not. So, is it a nice car? Oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah, and it, he does live in Eastbourne, so there's every possibility uh, that it was indeed him. Uh, moving on to his former club, Welling, who were beaten 1-0 at Leaders Wildstone uh, on Saturday. Uh, but Ross Brad Quinton is starting to shape things up at Parkview uh, Lane. He's, he's made four... Uh, appointments for his coaching staff as well. And on the playing side, Harold Jones. Who's he brought in his coaching staff? Anybody we know or is it all from Essex? Uh, I think there are more people from Essex. It is on the Welling United website, which I did have. Oh, in fact, I've got it in front of me here. Uh, his assistant is Matt Waldron. Uh, his coach is Mares Batache. Uh, head of scouting, Errol Hassan. And scouting coach, Matt Lawrence. Uh, so they have all joined him. Uh, on the playing side, Harold Joseph uh, and Phil Roberts, who's a good goal scorer, a prolific spell under Quinton at Braintree are in. Alongside Diaz Wright and Cameron James, a pair of uh, central midfielders I know from Colchester United. And let's be honest, being able to name Cameron Diaz in your midfield is a dream come true, surely. Yeah, absolutely. Not as good nice as uh, Belinda Carlisle, but yeah, using his contacts as well there, Bradley Quinton. He is Essex based. Colchester, I think their youth system is really good because there's a lot of Morden and Chiptree have gone there, haven't they? So oh, that had to bring players in. I see Moses uh, Emmanuel's gone. He went to Wildstone, didn't really work out for him. But, yeah, big, big job for Welling. But, Steve, I know there was money issues there, but clearly Mark Goldberg said, right, I'm not the man for the job, but here's some money for you, Bradley, to sort it out. But I'd love to know how many players Welling and Dartford between them have used this season. <laughs> we must be getting close to three figures between the pair of them. I would imagine so, yeah. And Cameron Diaz, obviously, congratulations to her. Uh, at the age of 47, she became a mother uh, earlier uh, this year, so uh, well, that's obviously big news, uh, bigger news than than Kent Nolly football, yeah. Yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm, no. I didn't read much about that in the news. Well, not that I look at Cameron Diaz news. So anyway. no, well, you need to do a bit more research. But I, I, yeah. I mean, so that that's got to be made up in it. You got Cameron and Diaz, but there you go. Um, Very good. Brad Quinton's former club Braintree were beaten one 0 by Tunbridge Angels. They did get a helping hand from the iron keeper in the win. Uh, a cross fumbled in at the near post, but. When you're at the foot of the table, any bit of luck you can get. So I'm sure Steve McKim's not that bothered. And Tumbridge Angels in really good form, Matt. Yeah, it was their first away win of the season. Um, I think the, the, the reports, they sort of dominated the game. Had a bit of luck. I haven't seen the instant for the uh, 
goalkeeper thrown in his own net, but I hear it's pretty comical. So, is it four points above the drop zone now? Yeah, confidence is high at Tunbridge Angels. Um, just, yeah, doing a very, very good job. Uh, and Braintree's a horrible place to go to, and that's a great result. That'll only breed confidence. I see they've got Inchiri in there from Dover, so it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Inchiri and Ratty, a couple, so Dover using um, uh, a bit like their feeder club at the moment, giving players like that, but both talented players, and I'm sure they do a great job at that level. Indeed, Manchester United drew 1-1 with Hemel Hempstead on Tuesday night, as Matt has already said. Well, I can only assume are hideous conditions. Uh, Stone's four points outside the playoff places, but do have two games in hand on the darts. And uh, Maidstone, we, we've kind of said everything that there is to say about them at the moment. Um, they, they just need to, to find a bit of consistency. Yeah, and I, and I have to say, a gate of 1,250 in those conditions shows what a big club Maidstone is, because it's very easy. There was football on the telly, on the terrestrial telly, but still getting 1,200 in those conditions... Maidstone, there's no doubt they've got the support there to do it. So I, I know, even I'm sure if Dover are home yesterday, you get lucky to go over 500, and that, that shows what big club Maidstone are. Exactly. Uh, as Matt's already said, it's Slough against Dartford on Saturday. Maidstone go to struggle in St Albans. Tunbridge Angels meet Hampton Richmond Brown for the fourth time this season, uh, while Welling will hope to get a result as they host Hungerford uh, on Saturday, which is a, a big game at the foot of the table, that one, isn't it? Pointer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, they've gone for the struggle a bit since Kevin Watson left, haven't they? So, because uh, he was assistant manager there. So, yeah, so hopefully, um, yeah, big game. The Wings need to win that one. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, into the Eastman League, uh, where Folkestone lost top spot in the Premier Division after being pegged back late on by 10 man Harangay Borough. Uh, Margate were beaten 1 0 at home to by Eastport. Margate were beaten 1-0 at home by East Thurrock, but Cray Wanderers are in winning form as they beat Bowers and Pitsy 2-1 away from home. Joe Taylor, a new signing, Reese Morrell-Williamson scoring. Now, the latter's joined from Braintree, saying that he wants to settle down. There's plenty of stick on social media for making that move. A lot of people saying, oh, he's gone for the money. I think sometimes people just don't see the bigger picture when it comes to footballers, do they? Well, his name rings a bell. He's played, played National League, Morrell-Williamson. I think he's a decent player, on but yeah, Cray... Cryo Club on the up, you know, the ground is coming up, got Joe Taylor, is he at 30 yet, Johnny? He must be close. He must be getting there, yeah. Yeah, so if you're listening, Joe, when you're at 30, just give us a thumbs up and we'll big you up on uh, there. But yeah, Cryo going in the right direction, there's a big things happening at that club, settled down, got some good players, probably players he's played with before there, so Braintree, to be fair, the worst thing that ever happened to Braintree, probably, under Bradford, was get promoted to the National League, because... They were once they went straight back up. It caused a few issues, didn't it, with the money, etc., like that. Now they're struggling in the Conference South, so and a big turnover of players. So maybe the club is not as stable as it once was. So fair play to him if he wants to go. We'll keep an eye out for him and scoring his debut. That will uh, make him even more settled. Yeah, just looking at his former clubs, he was he had spells as a youth player at Fulham, Crystal Palace, and Celtic, uh, and has played for St Albans. Uh, Woking, Kingstonian, Billericay, Welling, Hampton and Richmond, Boreham Wood, Dulwich Hamlet, Harrow Borough and Sutton United. Uh, and now maybe he's... it's Boreham Wood I've seen him out, I think, maybe. Yeah, so I think that's where I've, I'm familiar with his work as well uh, from. But yeah, good luck to him. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that kind of does make me laugh when you see football supporters always moaning about the lack of loyalty from players. Well, one, you have to remember that the players don't support the team like you do. And I find it really funny how it's not such a big thing at the moment. When all the players like Oscar and, and others went to go and play in China for all this money and people going, oh, they're killing their careers. Um, these players don't have any loyalty to the English Premier League. They're from, Oscar is from Brazil. So what does it matter to him if he's in England or if he's in China? If he's going to make, the, if the money's there, why not take it? 
Yeah, well, the, the Premier League being the greatest place in the world is a, a, a totally different argument. But yeah, it's up to the players if they want to do it. So, again, it's a short career. Make the most of it while you can. And, again, clearly he's got a bit of talent there, Morel. So, Crane maybe could get it out of him. Maybe, you know, you're not those clubs you mentioned earlier on, Fulham's, the Crystal Palace, the Celtics. You're not a good bit of talent. Maybe the coaching at, at Cray Wanderers is a way he can do to build him up even more and get him back up those leagues. Yeah, Wanderers are back in action later on tonight as they host Hornchurch. Uh, while Margate endured one of the most farcical midweeks it is possible to conjure up, uh, their scheduled league game at home to Wingate and Finchley was called off as Daft Cup com- competitions take priority. Instead, they were due to play, you've guessed it, Wingate and Finchley away in the League Cup. And it was called off anyway. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, 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 I'm, I'm speechless with that. how that would be... Again, I don't know if Margate would have wanted to play yesterday because the conditions down in Thanet were pretty horrendous. But, yeah, that cup competition needs to be somehow put out of his misery. <laughs> the league is important for that. And Margate, yeah, yeah, two, could have had two home games on the spin there, wouldn't they? Unfortunately, they lost at the weekend. But, yeah, that cup competition, unless you win it, it's a complete waste of time. Yeah, happy birthday to Margate boss Jay Saunders, incidentally. Uh, this weekend, How old is he today? I don't know, but it's his birthday. I think he's, I think he's younger than me, so... Uh, yeah, we might, might, might be the same age, actually. Let me have a quick look. I would, I would say this is good radio. Okay, this is good podcast, isn't it? What's that? What, what me googling it? things? Apparently, he was born on the 29th of June, 1944, <laughs> uh, according <laughs> to the first search I've done on Wikipedia. <laughs> well, well, happy birthday, Jay. We shouldn't really give it out your age anyway. So um, no, wouldn't ask a lady, so we won't ask. No, Jay yeah, exactly. Yeah, happy birthday. Uh, but he was 40 a couple of years ago when he. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. When he did that. So I think he's younger than you, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's getting younger than me. Well, no, there's some people who are definitely getting older than you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, This weekend, Margate are away at Bishop Stortford. Uh, Invicta go to Bognor Regis and Cray Wanderers are at home to Lewis. Uh, in the Isthmian League South East Division, Ashford kept up the pressure at the top with a 2-0 win over Faversham. Wits will earn a 1-1 draw at Chichester. Ramsgate were beaten 3-0 at Hastings United. Cray Valley went down 3-1 at Haywards Heath. Herne Bay lost to Burgess Hill 1-0 at home. A late Sam Blackman goal gave High the 2-1 win over bottom of the table East Grinstead. Ryan Hayes scored on his debut from the spot. A 7-0 saw of Phoenix Sports uh, 1-0. Same scoreline as Sittingbourne beat three bridges. And VCD beat Whiteleaf 2-1. There were supposed to be some games on Tuesday. Unsurprisingly, they were all washed out. Anything in there you want to talk about, Matt? Well, Sam Blackman... Um, Hyde have been a recent, really good runner form recently probably culminated with Sam Blackman on the side he scored a last minute winner he's gone back to Dartford now will he survive the Steve King Carl? that'd be interesting I would probably say he's been told because that's a nasty injury go out and get some games and we'll see what you like uh, I don't know if Steve King's had the same for Sam Blackman before but a decent player it'd be interesting to see if he's part of Steve King's plans because if he's not I'm sure sides unfortunately to Hyde higher up the pyramid will be looking at him Absolutely. Uh, on Saturday, the hotly anticipated clash between Ashford and Sevenoaks at Homelands. Uh, BCD go to Chichester. It's Faversham against Cray Valley. Herne Bay are in Guernsey. Hythe host Sittingbourne. Phoenix take on Three Bridges. Ramsgate host Burgess Hill and it's Whitsport against East Grinstead Town. And on Tuesday night, Phoenix Sports host Hayward Heath and Sittingbourne meet Whitehawk. 
so still a long way to go in that league. Uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on those fixtures. Uh, that just leaves us with the Southern Counties East League. Uh, we're going to start in Division 1 and, and not with the big story of the week because we try and do feel good here. Uh, so here's a chat with the manager of the new league leaders. A 1-0 win at Snodland made it four on the spin for Kennington and I caught up with their boss, Dan Scorer. I think, um, I think the, fact, the fact that we've had um, three due pitches available to us as well as has been a help uh, because we managed to get through the Christmas period playing all our games uh, and put points on the board, which was needed really because obviously with the, uh, the cup games that we've had, the FA bars and everything, we did, we did fall behind really. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're sort of caught up now and we're, uh, we're in a good position. On Saturday, you were 1-0 winners at, at lowly Snodland. A, a penalty was enough to beat them. Uh, every win is important, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, we spoke uh, a lot uh, about that game, probably more than we have done for you know what, what you would call bigger games. But having to go to places like that, um, you know, and the Snodland uh, guys, they were honest about the pitch and said that it's not going to hold up well. Um, so we knew it was going to be a battle. Um, and obviously the, the penalty was the deciding factor, but we were, we were certainly still in control. And I, I think we could have probably won it by by two or three. But at the end of the day, it's, as you say, a, a win uh, wins the important thing. Look at this league table in front of me. It's a, a brilliant league, isn't it? Because you've got, what, eight points between the top seven. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's extremely competitive. Um, you know, and obviously after, after a successful debut... Um, in the division last year, um, you know, m many of have uh, probably put us amongst it to to be promoted this year, and with with four spots up for grabs, um, we knew at the start of the season that people are going to throw everything they've got at it um, because there, there's no team in that division at the start of the season that wouldn't have thought, okay, well let's see where we are at Christmas because we could put ourselves right amongst it, and rightly so, there are probably still. As you say, from from top down to about eighth or ninth, are still in with a chance of promotion. So it, it, it's it's pretty mad to be honest. So as a manager, with with that being the situation, do you just you, you say you talked about the Snodland game as as if it was the most important game of the season? But I suppose every game is vital when it's so tight, isn't it? It is. Every game now is is more important than than the last, and it's more important than the next. Um, so you know. I think the boys at the start of the season were probably putting a bit too much pressure on themselves uh, in the sense that they wanted to put themselves right at the top from the start and then just stay there. But, I, you know, I said it's not going to be that easy. And if we do have successful cup runs, then we are going to fall behind and then we are going to have to play catch-up. So you just got to keep taking each game as it comes. And, and to be fair to them, they've, they've really risen to the challenge. Um, but we, we'll stay calm and and cool about it and we'll just continue to take each game as it comes and just continue to keep trying to put three points on the board. How much did you and your players learn from the FA Vars run? I think it was more um, just about how much of a team they were uh, because obviously we were we were quite fortunate really to have two away days um, you know and obviously people like like the uh, the home time, cup competitions like that, but at the same time, it's, it's a good opportunity for for you as a club and as a team to, to be able to travel. I mean, we didn't have to travel too far with the Epsom game, but then we're going down to Siddlesham, was over three hours on a coach, and all of that just added to, to the boys sort of bringing themselves closer together. Um, and I think that certainly put us in a good position um, and, and was a solid foundation, really, for where we are now. 
another cup game for you this weekend against Corinthian, a team who are, are still in the Vars. But it's, it's going to be a, a really tough test for you there. Oh, massive, massive. And you consider the form that they're in. Um, and, the, and the run that they're in in terms of their wins, you know, it's it's probably going to be our toughest test I think we've ever faced at this at this standard. Um, so obviously the boys will the boys will relish it and, and look forward to it. But I'm I'm just uh, amazed at how well we've done in the cup competitions this year because I think thinking back in the six years that I've been doing it, I don't remember Kenneton winning a cup game until the season. And then we end up going four rounds in the FA Vars and we're in quarterfinals of two cups. So, something's changed this year. <laughs> but, um, but, but I'll take it. And, and, and going back to, to the rest of the season, I suppose, the, the aim has just got to be to, to keep on progressing and, and just keep picking up the points and making sure that come the end of the year you're in that top four. Absolutely. And, you know, as I was saying before about the boys putting pressure on themselves, um, from my point of view, um, as long as we're in that top four and we're promoted, you know, I don't. It doesn't really bother me that much where we finish, um, as long as we're in that top four. But you know, I mean, I'll say that now. But with a month to go, if we're right in amongst the the top two or three, then you know, obviously we'll go for it. But as I said, it's about us putting points on the board now and, and just keeping ourselves in the mix, and more than anything, trying to open that that gap up between um, you know the sixth and seventh place. Uh, you know, I, th- I think there's about six points between us, so a drop of points our way, and then a team in some four eights that can put two or three wins on the spin, you know, it, it opens it up again. So, we, as you say, you know, we, we want to just keep putting points on the board and, and open up the gap and, and put ourselves in a position where we can... Uh, yeah, you say about the the pitches. Obviously, you're very fortunate. You've got a 3G pitch to play on, and, and I know there's others as well. But this time of year is really frustrating, isn't it? Because games are going to be called off. They're going to be called off late on. How do you ab- approach things like that as a manager? Um, well, well, again, I mean, obviously, we were fortunate to have to have the three games. Um, I think across through December into January, we had three at home, and then we played away at Greenways, which is also 3G. Um, but I mean, obviously, this this weekend is potentially the first weekend we're going to have with a, with a fixture called off. Um, so it is frustrating because we're, we're, we've got a fairly big squad and we've been able to rotate it for cup games and things like that. Um, and the plan was to do the same again this weekend. Um, so, you know, we have, we have a good relationship with our, uh, with Ashford United. So should we need to or want to get a game in, I'm sure, um, They'd be more than happy to, to help us get friendly in and, and get the boys through the minutes. And obviously, I've got a connection uh, with Ashford through the under-23s as well. So, you know, I'm allowed to send boys across and get games game time there as well. I suppose momentum is, is, is the key word for you between now and the end of the season. Oh, massively. Um, I've, I've set the boys the target of nine points, nine points each month between now and the end of the season. And I said, you'll be where you want to be. Um you know, because we're quite fortunate in the fact that all the sides around us, other than Croydon, we've played away now. Um, obviously, we've got to, they've got to come to us a lot of these sides like Rustall, Holmesdale, uh, Croydon. But we're we're in a great run at home. I'm beating at home, the only side in the division to to be so. Um, so. With all these sides coming to us, and all the other sides got to play each other as well. You know, as I said, it's about us just putting points on the board. The target's nine, nine from twelve if we can each month. Um, you know, and, and I have no doubts that we'll 
we may have the month, the odd month between now and the end of the season where we might go unbeaten again for another month. So, you know, they're, they're all challenges that, that um, as a management team, we will set the players. Uh, as I said before, I've got to give credit to them because every challenge that we keep putting in front of them, they just keep rising to it. Momentum is, as I said to him, is, is the key thing here, Matt, for these teams, because that league table is ridiculously tight. There's four promotion spots there. Someone's going to be disappointed. And, and it's important for Kennington, from what he's saying there, that they're not among those upset. Yeah, I, I quite like Again, always on the pod, we have really interesting interviews. Again, I like to vote base about the 3G. There's a lot of arguments about the 3G. It's helping them. Like it, top eight or nine can win this division. Very, very tight at it. But they're in, they're in pole position at the moment. I think he seems confident that they can stay there. But it's getting consistency. You mentioned sides have got to find some consistency. Kenny's in a f- finding that consistency. Now, really interesting this week. We we'll look at the fixtures again. Them coming up against Corinthian, it'll be a really good game. There might be you know change sides from the normal eleven, but both sides, both teams will be interested to see what the Kennington will be trying to like to test themselves against an excellent Corinthian side. Yeah, I, I think that will be a, a, an interesting tie. And as we heard Michael Golding early in the show say. He wants to go as far as he can in that competition. And Kenton, last First Division club standing in that competition, they want to keep flying the flag. Yeah, yeah. I think they're having a great season. Such a tight division. As he mentions there, teams do have a few games in hand, don't they? He mentioned Holmesdale. Got four games in hand and only seven points off the top. So a lot of sides now will be thinking, right, we've got to stay in that top four. Got to stay in that top four. But it, get, it will get a little bit more excited as it goes on. But arguably... Down to 12, could probably thinks they've got a chance in it. So that is a, a season, a league that's probably going to go to the wide and it's the consistency. And he says it could be absolutely crucial that the 3G is. So they're playing, making sure they're playing every week and some other sides are not. And there could be a fixture, cast, fixture backlog. So, um, yeah, good luck to Kennington and uh, keep up the good form. Yeah, that does show how in tune we are because I was about to say anyone from 12th upwards will be looking at that thinking we're in with a shout here because Lewis and Borough in 12th, uh, they've got 24 points, but they've only 12 points outside the promotion places with three games in hand on the team in fourth. So, yeah. you know, anything can happen in that league and we'll certainly be keeping uh, a close eye on it. Unfortunately, the league also made the headlines uh, for the wrong reasons at the weekend. Uh, the game between third place Rochester and fifth place Homestale was abandoned uh, after a Homestale player was sent off. Uh, allegations made by the Homestale player that... Uh, he had been racially abused, which was what's prompted the incident that led to his red card. Uh, it is being investigated. Uh, the Southern Counties East League, while it's happened in their fixtures, it's not actually under their jurisdiction. It is the Kent FA who are the first port of call. Uh, they sent me a statement uh, basically saying they're aware of the incident uh, and an investigation uh, is being launched. Uh, and it's 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 horrible because you see this, this happen... You, but everyone is saying, you know, it's a sort of he said, she said. And it, it it's impossible to make this judgment on, on, on what's happened there. Because there are people, as soon as it's said, someone saying, well, that's just what excuse he's given for being sent off. Other people saying, well, why would he react like that? Um, whatever happens, the, something has got to be done to, to cut out racism in any level. But also, if it is being used as, as, as a card, as, as a way of... of justifying actions and there's got to be some some boundaries there as well yeah it, 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 it's a difficult one it, why, it does seem to be happening a lot more um, than before you again going back to the Premier League you know, talk about the incident with uh, the, the Chelsea player and they couldn't find any reasoning for that but it, uh, you can't believe that people 
such a serious situation would lie in these situations. So, yeah, it is. A, a, well, hopefully they can get to the, the bottom of the issue. And it's, I hate talking about these things, John, because we don't want to talk about, you know, what is going on arguably within society in this country. We're interested in, in the football. So, but, yeah, I think it's happened twice, I think, in the scaffold this season. So, and that's twice too many. And hopefully we can stop this because it's, it's a stain on football and maybe it's a stain on society. So yeah, it is, uh, it is frustrating that, that, that it is happening and I don't know if it's just more people more willing to stand up for themselves and talk about it now uh, and, and that's why we're hearing more and more about it and in the days of social media as well, it's very easy for, uh, for small minded people to make comments that are offensive and I think that's kind of spiralled things out of control. Yeah, yeah, we're not, yeah, I think maybe it is that people are, they feel this, if they can, you know, say, be strong enough to say this is just not right rather than, you know, previously you sort of think, oh, it was part and parcel. So, yeah, we have to, you know, hope it's going in the correct direction. But it's just too many at the moment and it's just wrong. Yeah, indeed it is. Elsewhere in Division 1 ended Forest Hill Part 1, Kent Football United 1. SC Thames were 3-0 winners at Greenways. Matt's favourites, Lidtown, beat Bride and Ropes 2-1. Uh, FC Elms were 3-1 winners at Meridian VP. Russell beat Croydon 3-0 and it was Sutton Athletic 2, Stansfeld 0. Uh, Croydon take on SC Semsmead on Saturday. It's Homesdale against Lidtown. Kent Football United against Lewisham Borough. Snodland Town against Rochester United. Stansfeld hosts Rustall and it's Sutton Athletic versus Greenways. And in the Southern Camps EC Premier Division, the big game at the top ended two apiece, with Dan Bradshaw scoring both goals for Sheffield United, including a last gasp leveller at Beckenham. Uh, we also heard we heard Michael Golding say earlier that he was very pleased uh, with that result as well. It was also 2-2 between Irith and Belvedere and Crowborough. Collins and Blair were 4-1 winners at Fisher. Irith Town won 3-0 at Greenwich Borough. Lords would beat K-Sports 1-0. Punjab enjoyed a great 3-0 win over Tunbridge Wells. Wellingtown lost 2-0 at home to AFC Croydon. And I've deliberately left Canterbury City to last. Uh, brilliant result for them. Coming from behind to beat Beersted 2-1. Their first goals and points under their new management. Yeah, we haven't seen much about that recently. I know they brought a whole new lot of players in, so maybe they're going to hopefully get to the end of the season and regroup there. But fair play to Canterbury. That, was, that must have been good celebrations after the final whistle there. Yeah, uh, this weekend, uh, we've already heard the Kent Senior Trophy takes a bit of centre stage. It's Corinthian against Kennington, as we know. Uh, Beckenham Town host Glebe. It's Lordswood against Beersted. And Sheppey United are at home to Irith Town. There's also four games uh, in the Scaffold Premier Division on Saturday. AFC Croydon against Greenwich Borough is a fixture that we don't really cover here, but I mentioned it anyway. Hollands and Blair against Punjab United. Uh, Tunbridge Wells take on Irith and Belvedere, looking to bounce back from that defeat of the weekend. And it's Wellingtown against K Sports. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week's uh, Kent Lonely podcast. Uh, a fascinating week, so much going on there. And I even had time to do some research, so it wasn't just too bad, that one, was it? Well, brilliant, mate. Well, it didn't help me peppering you with questions halfway as we went through. So, yeah, another good show. But next week, John, there won't be one. There won't be. Unfortunately, as I don't get back from my holiday until very late on Thursday, we kind of made an editorial decision that you won't want to hear from us on Friday afternoon ahead of Saturday's game. So uh, we'll be back with you in two weeks' time with what will be a bumper show, I'm sure. And we'll be getting closer to the next round of the Vars and the Trophy as well. So we'll certainly be looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on social media on Twitter, we're at Kent NL Podcast. On Facebook, we're at Kent Non League. I've been listening to other podcasts and they say things like this, so I'm going to try it. Uh, 
make sure you subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode of the Kent Nonley podcast. And if you give us a review on uh, iTunes in particular, that does us a really lot of good. So please keep uh, keep doing that and just get in touch with us any way you want as well. We always love to hear from you. Uh, we did hear from a Dartford fan this week who was uh, who enjoyed our debate last week about Ryan Hayes and everything like that. So that's good to hear. Uh, on Saturday, Matt, you're going up to Nottingham. Are you going to be all right? Have you got a grown-ups to go with you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think quite a few Dover fans are going because Notts County, old-fashioned football, old ground, very um, famous old football club. So I'm looking forward to it. I've got my radio kit, which is important. Hopefully I won't leave it behind. So yeah, looking forward to it. On the train, train army. So um, yeah, look, yeah, should be. And the most important things, I won't be able to bore everybody next week. Everybody who listens and you next week about my trip to Notts County with Dover somehow win by one goal to nil off Innie Effiong's backside with two minutes to go. That's why we're not doing a show next week, you see. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm saving us all uh, that pain and torture. Uh, you, please don't leave any of your kit anywhere, especially Notts County's ground and especially on the train. I don't want to no, hear about your stuff going... Bizarrely, you must have been thinking about this. I had a dream the other day that I was on the train. I don't know where I was going. Underneath, got off the train then went underneath somewhere and then I realised, I was mostly going to football, that I'd left actually, I could be rucksack, but I didn't have any kit with me. And so then I started getting very upset with myself. So, so I must have been thinking about it. But no, I'll make sure I don't lose, leave any kit behind. Jason Burns, who will probably listen to this pod, he'll be there. Jason, remind me before I go, don't leave any kit behind. I suppose if you did have no kit, it would be the best commentary you've ever done. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey! Uh, yeah, so uh, Monday night, he's, he's also doing a radio show with Tony Hardigan, talk about the transfer window. Um, Invicta Dynamos, you sorted them out yet? Well, it's looking likely that the Invicta Dynamos, yeah, because my other thing hasn't come off. So if I haven't done it here today, I'll speak to the Invicta Dynamos. I'll see how they're getting on. Perfect. So that's nine o'clock Monday night, BBC Radio Kent. Uh, I'm going to be uh, by a swimming pool, so I don't really care. Uh, but I hope you all have a good a good week. And we'll be back with you in two weeks' time for the next episode of the Kent Only Podcast. I'm going to come in this room and just talk to myself for an hour anyway, because I'll miss you, John. <laughs>